0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Words of Wellness, the podcast where we consider the ways people think, speak, and write about wellness. I'm Daniel Anderson, and we're coming to you from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Today, we're going to be talking about wellness and the body, and I have four guests with me. I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves now.
1: Um, I'm Taya.
2: I'm Yash. Uh, I'm Pranav. I'm Jake.
0: Fantastic. So the body is a very large topic. Um, One thing we could start with when we think of our body, we think of the movements that we go through, the kind of physicality of of our body. And you have been studying this topic. What have you learned about that physical element of the body? What should listeners know, uh, take away from your research?
3: Yeah, I think definitely the physical element of the body is like heavily affected by like what you do outside. And that physical element definitely affects like a lot of aspects other than just like the physical element itself if that makes sense. Like it affects your mental, affects your like spiritual self. And I know I grew up like doing a lot of sports through at school, through clubs, etc. And here at UNC, and like I was wondering like if anybody else has kind of had that experience like playing sports and how it's affected you.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd say I shared a pretty similar experience. I felt that uh, I grew up swimming actually, so I feel like that helped me a lot growing up. It made me stay calm and focus. And kind of as a counterpoint, I remember during the COVID-19 pandemic, I couldn't actually swim regularly because of COVID. And I remember how uh, drastically that affected my mental health. So do any of you guys have similar experiences during COVID?
1: Yeah, I would say so. It was harder to like get to an exercise routine just because like my routine that I did have was so interrupted. Um, But eventually I did find my pace, but I felt like When I didn't have that set routine, like, it definitely negatively affected my mental health.
3: Yeah, and, like, over COVID, like, I got lucky. I was able to, like, exercise outside with my friends. A lot of them lived in my neighborhood. So we were able to play, like, games like spike ball or football, like, with tag, where it was, like, not too heavy contact. And you were able to play it, and we just, like, wore masks and such. So it was, like, not the worst. And I was able to get my exercise out, but definitely I was limited. Like, I couldn't play, like, organized soccer matches I can play like a lot of other sports and school sports are like, canceled or we had to wear masks, which is obviously very painful to wear masks while exercising. You feel like terrible and you can barely breathe. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like circumstances behind like COVID, COVID sports was rough. Mm-hmm. And do y'all think that the COVID
2: pandemic affected other parts of your like mental health, physical health, those kind of things as well? Because I know uh, exercise was kind of the first thing that went away from me, but past that I kind of lost my sleep and eating patterns and that affected like my academic performance and just overall
4: uh well-being yeah for sure I think just like not having the chance to like go outside like meet friends and you're just kind of like forced to stay at home all the time and only see like your family it just really like takes a toll on your mental health and honestly like even like your social like skills (laughs) in that aspect
0: So this connection between the body and these other aspects of wellness, I find interesting. I feel like there's a way in which people encapsulate the body and think of it as a container, self-contained. What I'm hearing is that it's deeply connected to communal aspects of your life, to mental aspects and um, spiritual to all of these other aspects. What is it about the body that makes it so linked in with all these other components?
3: I feel like it's just like the center. Like, everything is in relation to the body. Like, the body contains, like, physical, mental, and spiritual properties. So, everything's, like, interconnected. Anything you do is going to affect your body in some sort of way, shape, or form. So, like, getting back to, like, Pranav's point about, like, COVID. I know, like, he mentioned sleep and eating schedules, and I can heavily relate to that. I was – because online classes, they were a joke in simple terms, and especially in high school. So, I was able to, like – multitask so like while I was in class I was actually watching a video or something or I was paying attention to something else so I was like and then I'd stay up late because I could sleep through like a class or I could sleep till like two minutes before the class I was staying up way later than I should have my sleep schedule was all over the place depending on what days I had classes what days I didn't so I know like that heavily affected like whether like I felt like doing stuff whether I was motivated to go out and do stuff motivated to do homework and like it's kind of interesting to see how like just being locked at home And having online classes, switch it up that much. So I don't know if anybody else had that sort of experience.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you're not taking care of your body, then you can't even, like, accomplish the other tests that you have in your life. Like, um, if you're getting to the point where you don't get enough sleep or you're not feeding yourself well enough, where, like, you're sick, like, you can't be around other people and you can't, like, do what gives you joy.
0: Yeah, I could see how... um it holds you back. If your body is not there with you, it's going to uh, cause problems as you go forward. Absolutely. This might seem like kind of a strange question or a way of phrasing it. I feel like people often separate the mind and the body. And in philosophy, there's a split between the mind and the body. I wonder about that because I'm, and let me just phrase it in a kind of question for you. Is the brain part of the body?
2: Uh, To me, I would say that the brain is part of the mind, and the body is kind of everything else that you have. Because whenever I think of the mind itself, specifically, it would be like consciousness, thoughts, all your behaviors, and all of that originates in the brain. And in my mind, I would think that the body is basically everything that makes you function physically. So I think that's where I would draw the line.
3: I would actually like to disagree with that. I believe that it's more connected to the body than like how you described it. I believe because it controls all your body's motions. It controls what you do. Any way your mind is affected, you're going to feel your body is going to be affected by it. So, like, if I feel very tired mentally, like, after I take, like, a midterm or something, I want to go home and just crash. And if I didn't get, like, much sleep the night before, like, I didn't get much sleep last night, actually, I felt like I literally want to go home after my classes today and just go to sleep. But I know I have to do other things, and, like, I have to motivate myself. So, like, I'm pushing myself, but, like all of that is like affecting my physical well being right now, but it was all like mental changes.
4: Yeah. I think it would be uh, classified as physical, like you should, because it's definitely like a, like an organ, you know, and like, you can like damage it and you have to like take care of it. And like, you can like eat certain like foods and like nutrients that are like supplement it and like make it stronger
0: and all that. Um, maybe it's not a stark boundary, yeah. It's a little bit of back and forth between these elements. I really am curious about this food. You all keep mentioning food, and it sounds like that's um, sustenance. You need to have nourishment if your body is going to function well. Is that what you mean? Just, you know, I need calories to, to have a healthy body, or is there more to this food
3: topic? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up, I've had acid reflux almost my entire life, especially when I was younger. So I've had to manage what I eat, how much I eat, and like all that sort of stuff and like what times I eat very well compared to like the normal person I'd say and especially I also did track in high school which is very dependent on what you eat like I know if you like I'd eat something wrong before one meet and I would be on the side of the track throwing up if I like ran a race but like the next meet I'd eat well and I'd be like fine walking it off right after so like I know food definitely affects heavily how your body performs and I know, like, for people who work out in the gym, food is very important for physique, not, not only physique alone, but also, like, being able to, like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, being able to go back to the gym, like, being able to be at the gym is heavily reliant on what you eat outside the gym, because if you don't eat well and you don't have enough calories to sustain your energy, you're going to be out of it, you're not going to hit your PRs, you're not going to be able to work out, you will feel really tired, and you'll get a lot more sore a lot quicker.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's not just about, like, getting enough calories. It's, like, where the calories are coming from. Like, you need all elements. You need the protein, vegetables, fruit, um, like, in order for your mind and body to both function correctly.
2: Yeah, and I think if we go back in history, the reason why these are kind of modern problems and not problems that humanity itself has faced in the past is because... Now we have such a variety of foods, whereas say before when we were hunter-gatherers or maybe even at the beginning of civilization, we were kind of forced to have a balanced diet because that's really all that we had. And I think that's just how humans have evolved. Uh, As shown in the book Exercise by uh, Dr. Lieberman, he kind of talked about how humans never uh, evolved to exercise and we never evolved to eat such high amounts of sugars or carbohydrates like we eat now. And I found that to be very interesting. Our bodies are kind of stuck in the past where there were really super balanced diets and we were forced to exercise just based off of work. But now it's kind of all changed. We have so many more options. We're not forced to remain active if we don't want to. And I think that has introduced a lot of
0: problems, but it's made life a lot easier. Yeah. And I guess if we push on this link between body, brain, mind as those all kind of in a continuum informing one another, then you can see how what you eat eventually can have a ripple effect on how you feel physically, which probably then translates into your sense of well-being, I would imagine.
3: Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Like, I mean, I know everybody's felt this feeling before. The feeling of, like, going to a good place to eat and overeating and feeling stuffed and either going into a food coma or just, like, feeling miserable afterwards because you ate way too much and then just like lying on the lying on your bed or like lying down in the car and you're just like dead tired like you know you ate way too much and you're just like you're like questioning it by yourself like I don't know like what point I'm trying to get at for that but like you feel good at the moment I guess but then like afterwards you're like oh shoot it's like not necessarily bad for your body as you were saying like it's not necessarily a bad thing but like its effects are interesting like see like when you have too much like your body responds accordingly even if it's like too much of a good thing
4: Yeah, I think like especially I get that when I get like a lot of fast food, you know, like all these like like greasy foods and like afterward, like it might it might taste good in the moment. Right. But then after you eat like so much, you just kind of feel like clunky. And like sometimes I get like a headache from eating too much.
0: Some of the practices that are being put forward now, I don't want to say they're extreme, but they're definitely people paying attention and taking extra steps, nutrition and health wise to create a sense of well-being. I think it's physical, but also mental. So they do things like fasting. Uh, it's important to go hungry for a little while or worry about their gut and their microbiome. And, you know, I have to eat a bunch of sauerkraut, those sorts of really deliberate moves to work on your physical slash
1: mental well-being. Yeah, I think it's those tend to be most beneficial when it comes from a place where it's like you want to be healthy rather than Like, you want it to, like, um, change your body in a certain way where you think, like, it'll make others view you better. Um, Like, I feel like when you take extreme steps like those, like, you need to make sure you're coming from a place where it's for you and only for you. And that you're listening to your body and that, like, if if it's not working, that something needs to change
0: yeah that makes really good sense and i think by the same token if we beat ourselves up because we stopped for some fast food or we ate a little too much with our family you've got to really balance the self-reflection and the feelings of yourself with these habits that you participate in and of course body image eating disorders there's so many problematic concerns linked up with the body and food for which you really need to pay attention and and potentially get professional help if you're really struggling with one of those issues. So that's pretty complex.
3: Yeah. And back to what like Tate's point is like, I actually kind of disagree with like all the, like, I mean, obviously there's professional research behind it, but like for me with all like the fasting and like trying to overload certain foods and like going on all these diets and like calorie surpluses, like I know like that's like has research behind it, but like I've always stuck to doctor and Like this is kind of what my parents stick by. It's like eat, like, what you want, just, like, make sure you balance it well, so, like, I don't eat breakfast just because my stomach, like, acid reflux, I, it's hard for me to eat in the morning, but, like, I'll eat a lighter lunch, so maybe, like, 700 calories, and then dinner, I'll, like, load up a lot more, but, like, it lets me have freedom to do whatever I want, and, like, I'm free, like, I eat, I'll eat, like, the fast foods, um, I'll just, like, exercise afterwards, or, like, I'll eat whatever I want, whatever my parents make throughout the day, And But I can eat however much I want. I just, like, eat in balanced proportions. I make sure, like, I get a tiny bit of everything. But I don't, like, go to the extreme of, like, oh, I'm going to fast for, like, two days straight and not eat to, like, expunge my body of all these stuff. Or I'm going to, like, eat only veggies and fruits and, like, protein-heavy diets. I'm, like, you're not going to enjoy. Like, the people who work at the gym, like, eat just chicken, rice, and broccoli. They're not enjoying what they eat. I'd rather enjoy what I eat maybe, like, a le- a little bit less, l- like, good-looking body and, like, in- be able to enjoy it at least.
2: I'd say I agree with you as well, Yosh. Uh I know, back to the fasting point, uh, culturally, my family actually does this thing where every month they do a 24-hour fast or sometimes even more. And I know, say, for my grandparents, that worked really well for them and it made them feel great and it actually enhanced their productivity. But now, whenever I try that, I know that it ends up doing more harm than good. So I think there's kind of merit to both sides of the coin. It can work to fast or calorie count or those sorts of things, but if you just focus on having a healthy lifestyle, it can succeed that way as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You can micromanage a little too much, I think. Getting your your blood chemistry analyzed every week and adjusting intakes, all of that. could, If that's what makes you feel good and it helps you feel connected, to your mind and your body, then that probably makes makes a lot of sense. But I also like where you're going with this and, and the point about the pleasure of food, I think is worth paying attention to as well. That's probably good for you as well to enjoy a meal. Often it's with people you're connected with. So that, that aspect of food, I think, uh, shouldn't be overlooked. So let's switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about food and then we've been talking about the body and how the body uh, suffers in some ways. If you're not able to exercise, if you don't have your food intake uh, quite optimized, your body has some, some challenges. I wanted to come at things from the other direction. I think there's a tendency to look at the body as this receptacle or this uh, recipient of negative things. Something happens and your body suffers because of it. But I think there's also possibilities for using the body in a positive way that improves your well being or that gives you wellness benefits in some ways. I thought I'd play a clip and um, see if we can maybe have some, some thoughts on this. So, this is Bessel van der Kolk. He's a doctor who studies responses to trauma. And this is him talking about some experiments that they've done.
5: And then we studied yoga. Maybe if you do yoga, you can open up your relationship to your body. You learn how to breathe calmly. You learn to pay attention to yourself. You get to see how different movements and different postures affect you. And so you form a deep relationship to your internal sensory system. Yoga at the end was a more effective treatment for PTSD than any of the drugs we had studied.
0: So I thought that was interesting that yoga, and they did scientific experiments, was having an equivalent effect to pharmaceuticals for people uh, working through PTSD. Have you all had similar experiences, or in your research, did you encounter claims along those lines?
1: Yeah, I feel like in Burnout, like my book by, it's by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, like um, they had talked about how like being thankful for your body can improve your mental health, like in Cause it talked a lot about like body positivity so i feel like that kind of ties in where like they're saying even when you're just walking to class if you can be like i'm thankful that my legs can get me there instead of complaining that your legs hurt or something like that like you're more likely to have a positive attitude about things and i feel like when we are able to move our bodies and like in ways such as yoga like if we can spin that in a positive light that it can be really helpful
3: yeah I know for I had surgery on my right knee for a torn ACL and I know after I did all the um like exercises I need to do like during surgery like but post like the nine month year-long recovery of it I actually asked my surgeon and he was like things that you should continue doing the biggest thing that will help and unfortunately I haven't followed this really is actually doing yoga and doing yoga exercises actually helps the most in recovery it makes you more flexible it relieves stress on your joints. Just overall, it's going to have really good effects in the future. So, like, you will less likely to have back pains, elbow joint pains, all that sort of stuff. And I I don't know if he said this, but he might have said something about, like, maybe being able to delay da- off, like, knee replacement surgeries and stuff like that. So, obviously, those are big impacts, and, like, people don't realize that. But this is, like, a certified, like, knee, shoulder, elbow surgeon who is, like, saying these are all really helpful, and it's pretty cool to see like how 10 minutes of yoga a day could greatly affect you like 50 years in the future
4: yeah this mental aspect of uh physical exercise is really related to my book it was called uh, exercise for mood and anxiety by michael w otto and basically uh the two authors there they were really harping on the point that once you like complete a physical activity exercise you get like immediate mood benefits and they were like trying to convince the reader that and they were trying to like Uh, Have the reader develop a plan to continue exercising based on that principle Uh, The
2: whole mental aspect of exercise, I'd say uh, Tying into what Yash said as well with yoga. I think that I personally found the benefits of yoga Uh, I know towards the end of the COVID-19 pandemic where I was having some physical and mental struggles. I uh, got the advice to go start doing some yoga and I remember that pretty much instantly I felt a mental boost. I felt a lot more uh, energetic and uh, the benefits were actually there. So I would advise anyone,
0: any listeners to actually go out and try yoga. I've done yoga and I enjoyed it. I, I didn't stick with it, but the few times I did it, I totally could see the benefits of it. And it is not just physical. It's slowing down pausing a little bit and, and taking that time. I don't know if you had the same experience that it wasn't just about your body. Your mind was able to open up or, or the breathing, all these other aspects were important as well.
3: Yeah. And I think it's important to have those structured sort of activities. Those are like important. So like, even if you can't, if you don't feel like doing yoga, you enjoy it the most. Like I know you mentioned you enjoyed, um, you enjoyed yoga and like what it gave you, and like the feelings it gave you. But I think like, Outside that, it doesn't just have to be yoga. It can't be limited to that. It could be, like, I know, like, I want to eventually, like, pick up boxing of some sort. I know, like, with school sports, I like the structure that was involved with the sports. Like, I even joined club sports here at UNC, and I think it's really nice because it gives me some sort of structure of the day. It's like, okay, I have a one-and-a-half-hour, two-hour time slot where I have to do some sort of exercise. It calms me down. Any stress I have is I can com- like, I will literally walk in to my walk to – let's say club squash and I'm stressed out like about something or the other and I walk in the entire one and a half hour practice I like, completely forget what was going on and for the next hour afterwards I've completely forgotten it because so I'm like thinking back on what I just did and I think that sort of structure really helps it helps me a lot and I think it is definitely beneficial to a lot of people it gets people out it gives them some reason to, like kind of forget about what's going on outside of that.
4: Yeah, I was a swimmer as well uh, for most of my life. And I remember like one of my older teammates, uh, like I was really young when I heard this, but one of my older teammates was like, uh, I just really like coming to practice because it's just like a two-hour block every day where I just don't have to think about anything. And I can just like hang out with friends and just like work out, you know?
0: So taking time to reflect on life, that kind of therapeutic aspect of some of these sports, Does that get us to some of the connections between the spiritual and the physical that come up in the body? And I'm asking that because we did research. You all looked at books related to the body. Others looked at books related to spirit. And then when we correlated those using some computation, those were two of the areas that came up. We had a scatter plot, and it had these clusters of, of books that we read that had topics that overlapped. And the biggest overlap was with books related to spirit and the body. So how can you explain that? What is this link between the body and spirituality?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is what we talked about before, like how all domains of life are connected. Like this is like emotional, social, physical, and and then spiritual. Um, And I feel like when you have like that physical domain, it's like, It ties into spirituality because, like, spirituality is feeling connected to the world around you. And I feel like this is, like, a great example of yoga because, like, yoga requires you to breathe and to think and process. And, like, you have to have control over your body. And I feel like spirituality, it's not just, like, religion. It's, like, it's just having awareness of, like, what's going on around you.
0: Some of the words in the dictionary that you use to help identify these books related to the body, some were pretty specific, things like serotonin, muscle, that you can definitely link to the body. Which words do you think were the ones that created that overlap with spirituality? Uh, I know one that kind of jumps out to me
2: personally would be like mindfulness. I know that's something which is emphasized a lot when you're Uh, talking about the body and exercise, and when you're talking about spirituality, I think that connection just exists because say you're thinking about, you know, whatever religion you practice, being mindful about what you're, say, praying for or thinking about is really important. And on the converse, when you're uh, talking about exercise, it's also really important to be mindful of how you're treating your body, about how you're eating, about how you're thinking mentally. So I think that's where some of the overlap is.
1: I yeah. Think oh, sorry. No, you go. As I was gonna say I have the dictionary pulled up and I feel like a lot of the words that I'm finding are like time, stress, life, mood, like words like that that aren't so like scientific like I and motivation. Um, breath is a big one. I feel like when you think about the body and exercise, it's not all about like the science behind it necessarily or like the fact that you're growing muscle if that's what you're going there for. Like, it's to feel connected to your body.
3: Yeah. And kind of another word that I guess we probably didn't list, might not have been in the book, but I just thought of it was fulfillment it would probably be a good connection between the two. Because when you hit that like PR, you hit that top time, you complete, you go through that circuit that you'd been trying to go through. When you, whenever you complete like any of these task oriented things involved with like any sort of exercise or sports you really feel, like, accomplished and you feel, like, fulfilled. You feel, like, a lot happier. And that definitely affects your spiritual self as well. Your spirit is just going to be, like, you're going to be in high spirits, so to say. And overall, like, sports are going to have – you're going to have those highs and lows. But I feel like the highs definitely bring you up a lot more than the lows bring you down.
4: Yeah, And I think um, the activity level of, like, meditation – like really connects these two because like you're like slowing down your heart rate you're slowing down like everything in your body to try to like focus on like one thing in your mind and i think that like probably many spirituality books have the idea of meditation within it
0: yeah i feel like that meditation mindfulness fulfillment all of those seem to be very spiritual components but you can get to them through the body in some ways
3: yeah and i don't know I just thought of something. I don't know how well these are related. It was just a thought that kind of popped in my mind. But, like, with, like, monks and a lot of temples, like, out in, like, Asia, more East, eastern, southeastern Asia, um, a lot of, like, monks are practice some sort of martial arts, which um, I realize I think that probably has some sort of spiritual connection with, like, the physical body to the spiritual self because monks obviously are probably the highest form of spiritual... I don't know how I describe this like embodiment in, like that you can think of out of humans or in like human society and like to think that they do their focus is that like meditating yoga and all that plus this form of martial arts martial arts which is a physical exercise and I've heard like a lot of times like martial arts stemmed originally from like mimicking like legends of like gods and other sort of activities that, like and like, you see like a lot in shows or movies where they say like certain moves in martial arts resemble like nature like flowing of water and i feel like that's all it seems to be interconnected with like spiritual self i like that i
0: this is going to seem like an adjacent topic but the you mentioned acting and sort of trying to occupy or embody certain positions and it's making me think of another clip that i have from the same researcher and it talks about our bodies are not a set thing or in some ways we can occupy different types of identity through our bodies, which seems strange because you think your body is a static, physical collection of of attributes in some ways. I'm gonna play this clip and see if it sparks any conversation for us.
5: So I live in the Berkshires and we have a great program here called Shakespeare in the Courts, where if you're a juvenile delinquent in this county, you have a 50% chance that the judge will condemn you to become a Shakespearean actor. That's civilization, The Shakespeare program is enormously helpful because it helps people to feel their bodies and to feel what it feels like to be a king, and it feels like to be a warrior. And you get to really have a deep experience of yourself in different possibilities.
0: So, Yash, I don't know if that overlaps with what you were thinking, but to me it seemed intriguing, this idea that you can act and it's connected to your body, but it's also something a little bit different, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I feel like this really plays into it because in order to act, like you have to have awareness of like everything that you're doing. Like If you're going to play a different person, it's not just the way that they speak or what they say. It's like the way that they move, the way that they think and you kind of develop that kind of identity. So I feel like you kind of have to have a deep awareness of yourself in order to realize that like playing another person is a different experience.
3: Yeah, and sometimes it can be like hard to adapt for some and like easier like I know the best actors are able to easily adapt to any role like I know like Leonardo DiCaprio is a famous actor that everybody like knows and he's able to adapt to like many different roles pretty easily. Whereas, like, other characters, like, Ryan Reynolds is a very good actor, but, like, he sort of, like, has a image of himself that he maintains throughout all of his movies. And, like, people... Ryan Reynolds in, like, every single movie is Ryan Reynolds. He's not, like, um, the Joker. He's not the Batman. He's not, like... He is Ryan Reynolds. And I also, like, want to take into an example of, like, how it can be hard for, like, actors to get into a role. But, like, they manage to do it anyway. Just, like, with Heath Ledger... I know before the Joker movie, he locked himself up in a hotel room for I think it was like a month straight, and he acted like the character the entire time. Like he would, it was like to this point of like insanity where he was like just mimicking the character's voice. He was laughing to himself. He just locked himself up in there, didn't talk to anybody. Just had a, ordered room service. It was like another level of insanity and commitment. But like he was able to like push himself to like fit into that role.
1: Yeah, I think this gets into like the conversation, like it's important not to lose yourself. And this can get in like any aspect of this um, body category that we're talking about, like in terms of your eating or exercise, like you have to stay true to like um, what you believe in.
0: So this identity is actually connected to the body as well. I don't know if any of you in your daily lives practice any of this, but it seems like it would be an interesting thought exercise to take this acting to heart a little bit and maybe one particular day say well i think i'll be the happy-go-lucky dan today and hopefully you don't choose to be the sad eeyore but you could act that out if you wanted i guess where where does that line stop Uh, like where our identities play out every day in terms of our bodies and and the way we appear to people
2: Uh, i think our identity and how we express ourselves every day Does tie into our body and our mental health specifically because if our body is suffering or if we're having poor mental health, then that directly impacts our identity and how we portray ourselves, you know, in an outward sense.
3: Yeah, and I think that goes back to when I mentioned, like, or one of us mentioned back at the beginning. So, like, when you're in those like down moods and when you're not feeling great, you think you just bombed a midterm, you gotta like kind of put yourself in a different role, like you're saying, like, be happy, go lucky, like try to shake it off. There's no point. You can't change anything now. You got to just like think in the present. Don't think in the past. Just like have a positive outlook. Be like, okay, I'm not going to let that drag me down for the day. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to go play some sports, do something, bring up my body. Just try to not ignore the problem, but like, you know, it can't. nothing can be done about it. So try to go on with your day.
0: Well, is there anything else that listeners should know from, from your research? What's a final point that people could take away?
3: Most of the discussion, I think Taya brought this up recently, most discussion is just do whatever makes you feel best, but don't take it to any extremes. Like, make sure that whatever you're doing, you actually enjoy. If it a more extreme, make sure you really do enjoy it. And because, like, anything to an extreme is not going to be great for yourself. But in moderation, everything is great. So just, like, Do what you enjoy, make sure it's good for your body, and in turn, your body will respond most likely positively. And I think piggybacking off of that, I would say don't hyper-focus on any one
2: aspect of health or of what you do daily. I would say it's important to give some time to basically everything that you do uh, for your exercise, for your work, for sleep, eating. Everything is important, and everything uh, affects your mental and physical health.
4: And yeah, I think uh, just to make sure... Uh, you can give your time to like take a break sometimes because it can be really hard to hold a habit for like months and months so like having that break period can like help you extend that habit for like even longer without like burning out completely
0: well this has been a really enjoyable conversation I've learned a lot I think um, for listeners I would reiterate that it's complicated the body, the brain, the mind there seems to be so many connections and there's also a lot of overlap with our spirituality um, and elements of our identity but amid all that complication if you think through a few simple strategies as as our um, researchers were saying take a break keep things in moderation try to find balance don't worry about every nuance of all of these moving pieces um, and you'll probably be able to uh, enjoy your body use your body to help with your wellness Um, and so let me thank jake pranov Josh and Taya and tune in next time for another episode.